0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for April 21st, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the Book of John, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. The fourth Sunday in Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday. We read from a different gospel lesson each time and through the three-year cycle, but it's always a lesson that talks about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And so today I want to start with a a question I want you to think about. Whose flock do you belong to? You know, we all belong to some flock. A lot of us want to think that we belong to our own flock, but unless you created yourself, that would be hard to do. But we all follow somebody. And we can follow someone for good or for ill. You know, this past week, I'm sure like the rest of the nation, you were caught up in the horror of of the terrorist attack on the Boston Marathon and then what happened later. Those two young men were firm believers. Just that what they were believing in was evil. It was not the voice of the good shepherd the good shepherd cares for his sheep and would never order someone to kill innocent people and it becomes important for us to begin to think about so whose flock do I belong to what does that mean you know I I say I'm a Christian but how do I really live that out in my life how is that shown What difference does it make? And there are three verbs that Jesus is using in today's gospel lesson, and we also use them in the collect for the day, that that sum up what it means to be part of Jesus' flock. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. That's one clue about being a part of the flock of Jesus Christ, is to be able to hear his voice. And there's two components in that, really. One is just to recognize it, you know, to to hear in terms of that when you hear the voice, you understand it. You know, all domesticated animals, as we train them, eventually they will learn the voice of their caregiver. And when they hear that voice, be it horses or cows or any, they come toward them because they know that they care for them. You know, but hearing it and recognizing it is important. One of the things that I've been doing lately is we have a new puppy in our house who's not quite three months old, and it's interesting because he didn't grow up with us, and, and he just now is getting to where he recognizes voices whose voice it is at all. And even then, um, it can be questionable, but he does seem to recognize the difference between the, the family's voice and other people's voices. And recognition is important, you know, because who it is that we are talking to, to, under, to know where that voice is coming from and what that's about makes a huge difference. I know yesterday my son John had a telephone call from his friend Jonathan, who, and I picked up the phone and said, hello, and he said, hey, what's happening? I said, who is this? And he says, Jonathan, who do you think? <laughs> I went, what? He says, come on. I said, oh, John, Jonathan, just a moment. I'll get John for you. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Baird. I thought you were John. <laughs> so I don't know if that means I'm sounding more like John or John sounding more like me, but, but, you know, recognition is important. You know, and one of the things that we know when we really get to know people well is that when we call them, most often we recognize their voice when they pick up the phone. We know who it is because we can identify them. And so that recognition is vitally important because it would be very easy for us to deceive ourselves and to believe that any voice or any urging that we have comes from God. But we have to know who the Good Shepherd is. Now, when we're trying to teach someone who you know, is their caregiver, what do we do? Talk to him? I know when um, John was still in utero, Jim Menke, a neonatologist, told me, he said, you need to talk to the baby before he's born. I'm like, well, it's kind of hard. He's in the stomach. I mean, it's kind of hard. And he goes, no, because you need to understand the baby hears the mother's voice all the time. And and the baby will be born knowing his mother's voice. But he won't know your voice if you don't talk to him. So I'm always walking around talking to Judy's belly, which was a little strange, but... um, but what was funny is it did work, because like little babies, when they hear the sound of their mother's voice, you know how their eyes look that way? Well, he would do the same with me. It's the same with Toby, our, our puppy. You know, he, he needs to learn who it is that is taking care of him. One of the ways that you teach animals to do that, by the way, is you give them goodies. Because by taking care of them, by giving them food, water, you know, snacks, things like that, they learn that you're the one who cares for them. Now, it's quite possible, as we found out this week, that sometimes people follow other voices, voices that tell them to do horrible things. And and sometimes they even believe that it's a righteous cause. But that's only because they aren't listening to the Good Shepherd. Because the Good Shepherd doesn't seek to destroy, but seeks to build up. And there's been too many times in the past when there have been people, even in the Christian church, I might add, who have listened to the wrong voices in righteous causes. So it's not that we're somehow or other morally superior. It's just that it teaches us how important it is to learn to recognize the voice of Jesus. So how do you learn that? I mean, how how can you possibly learn it? Well, how is Toby going to learn it? We hear hmm, repetition, you know, over and over, practice, 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 practice. The second thing, part of hearing, is also important, though, and that's understanding what's being said. It's not good enough just to hear blah, 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 which is what I think he hears now. Um, but, you know, he has to begin to understand what certain commands are, what to do. And so we're working hard to do that. As with all puppies, we're trying to potty train him to go outside. And, uh, so when we take him outside, we say, go outside, go potty. And so Judy has taught him we got a nice bell that's hanging on the door. She's taught him, and she goes up and says, what do you do? And he even knows to nudge the bell. He probably thinks it's a little weird, but, but he nudges the bell anyway because she likes it. And, uh, and so the other day she took him up and said, what do we do when we get here? Nudge the bell. I said, okay, go potty. So he squatted. <laughs> I said, you might have wanted to wait till you got outside to say that part. Huh? I don't think he grasped the two-stage concept yet. He's not quite into that. But eventually he will, but with lots of practice. Because right now he doesn't really understand the words exactly. He's trying to grasp what that means. But understanding is really important. And it's the same for us. It's not enough just to be able to recognize Jesus' voice. It's also very important that we understand who he is and what it is that he is saying to us. Because when Jesus calls us to go do something, We need to be able to do it. And how can we do that if we never learn? And so, like with little kids, have you ever noticed how babies learn to talk? I think it's one of the most fascinating things. Anybody ever pay that much attention to babies? When when you're talking, they'll go. They move their mouth like you do. And then they start making noises like you do. Um, and, and, And eventually, they can actually make a word out of it. And why is it that they think that's a good idea? What happens when they say their first word? Oh, we're so excited. It's so wonderful. you know. And it is because trying to explain to someone who doesn't understand English what it is they need to be doing when they're throwing a tantrum doesn't work very well. And it's the same way with us and Jesus is that we need to be able to hear his voice and understand it because when we do understand it and we do it, then we too will get that, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it will be reaffirmed within us so that we can continue to grow closer and closer to him. Now, a lot of people think that Jesus speaks English, which isn't true. He actually speaks God. And God is a different language altogether. Um, It's very much like what happened in the book of Acts when they went out and they were preaching about Christ and everyone heard in their own tongue. So it's not a language in the sense that we think of language, but he speaks nonetheless. You just have to learn to recognize that that's what it is and understand what it is that he wants. Because it isn't good enough to just hear the voice. If you don't know what to do with it, then you may squat and go potty right there, which would be bad. And so we, we have to hear the voice of the shepherd so that we can trust him, because it's reaffirmed within us. The second verb that's used there is really interesting. It's it's know. But it's not that we know him. It's that he knows us. And that word to know in the Greek doesn't mean... The way we think of knowledge isn't what it really means. It means a, an intimate knowledge, a relational knowledge, a two-way kind of knowledge. It's the kind of uh, word that's used when it says that Abraham knew his wife Sarah and she conceived a son. It meant that they were really close and they really understood each other. You know, one of the great things about being married a long time is that eventually you get to where you already know what the other person is going to say. Um and, and that's good, actually. It you, keeps you out of a lot of trouble if you're a guy. Um, and so we need to be able to have Jesus know us in that close way. And not everybody does. Just because you have the label Christian doesn't mean that Jesus knows you. He even says that in Scripture. You know, he tells me, he said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And they will say, but Lord, you know, we, we cast out demons in your name. You know, we fed the poor. And he'll say, Go away, I never knew you. It's not good enough to just do it as a label. It's about that intimate closeness, that relationship that we are called to, to garner with Christ. You know, in the right one Eucharist we, we say that He may dwell that we may evermore dwell in Him and He in us. It's that kind of knowledge the kind of knowledge that, that is one with him. And so when we have that kind of relationship, then we can truly have Jesus know us. And then the third part, the third verb, which is also important, is he says, my sheep follow me. My sheep follow me. Who are you following? You know, because it's not automatic that we follow somebody, you know, we follow lots of things, but it's not on that we follow one Lord. And so, if we're going to follow Jesus, part of what we have to begin to do is to not only hear and understand, but submit, agree to what it is that He's calling us to do, and be one with Him and do that. Now, what is it that the Lord calls us to do? He's given us all a ministry, same one. I know you got guests, and they're different, but there's one ministry. Anybody know what it is? Hmm? Fishing for men, yep. Paul calls it reconciling the world to Christ. Um, we're all called to be ambassadors who tell people the good news of God in Christ. And it seems to me that that's one place where the church becoming so commonplace to where it, it had become a norm, where it fell down. It became so much of a norm that it became abnormal. You know, it became, well, that's blase. Who cares about that? Everybody does that. And now what do we have? On Sunday mornings, the the latest poll showed that only 20% of people who call themselves Christians will be in any church on a given Sunday morning in the United States. And we are probably one of the most religious Christian countries in the world. But only 20%. What does that say? It says that There are an awful lot of people who aren't following the Good Shepherd. Now, what would happen if the flock was scattered like that? What will happen to them? What happens to sheep if they scatter in the wild? They become dinner for somebody. And we see that happening in our world, don't we? You know, and it's not just terrorists who do it, although... That certainly happens too. I mean, these two young men, from what everybody said, particularly the younger boy who's still alive, were were not really bad people. A lot of people know them well were shocked. They never would have believed that something like this could happen, but apparently last year they went off and found the voice of a different shepherd who told them very different things. And they decided to follow him. Well, if only twenty percent of our people want to go where Jesus is, what does that say about us? And about what we're doing with following him? You know, we sort of turned Jesus into, you know, sort of the cosmic version of Santa Claus. You know, he he he's up there and if we need something, we'll write him a nice letter and say, Here's our gift list for Christmas. Only we want it now. And I guess a lot of people think he's making a list and checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty or nice. But that's not God. He is the Lord sovereign of the universe. He's the one who created everything that is, the one who breathes life into anything that lives. And if we forget to follow, or don't think it's very important to follow, then we will wander off and we will be devoured by wolves. Not just terrorists, mind you, but Alcohol, drugs, sex, greed, you name it. There's all kinds of things out there that will call to us, and they're calling to our kids, and they're pulling them away. Sometimes it's even soccer. Now, you might say, well, why is he picking on soccer? Soccer's a great sport. But not if it comes before God. It should be done for God. Not the other way around. And so if we forget who and whose we are, then we will wander off in a land that is waste, and we will be devoured. That's what happened certainly to this youngest fellow who apparently was a great guy. Everybody said he was really quiet. As a matter of fact, he went to a party two nights after the bombing and and said he was very relaxed. Everybody said he just seemed to be having a good time. Like nothing had ever happened. How do you do that? You know, when when we know that he went up and put a bomb behind an eight year old boy. And then you go to a party and think nothing of it. But on the other hand, when the night that the shootout happened, they had hijacked a car and they let that guy go. Dropped him off at a gas station. Who are they following? Who are our kids following when they get guns and go into theaters or schools? Or do drugs to escape reality. If we want this to change, we have to begin to do our job. We have to follow Jesus too, because following him doesn't just mean going and getting the benefits. It also means doing what he tells us to do. It means reconciling the world to him, telling people the good news of what God has done in Christ, not boring them to death, not scaring them to death truly telling him the good news of a forgiving and loving God who transforms lives from the inside out, not from the outside in. Because I don't think anybody believes that if those two boys had come to have that kind of knowledge of Jesus and, and had been able to hear his voice and he knew them and they followed him, does anybody believe they would have done that? And you see how vital... Who and what we are really is to the world. And we can either go back to business as usual and wait till the next time something happens, which seems to be our pattern. You know what the definition of mental illness is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. It doesn't work. Or we might actually try telling people good news, helping people to understand the shepherd who loves them, and as the psalm says, will lead them to green pastures where flowing water, clear crystal water flows, where, as Revelation says, there will be no more crying or sorrow or tears because God will wipe away every tear from their eye. That's the kind of God that we have. I don't know that very often we tell anyone. And to the extent that we don't share it, we reap our own destruction. Now, you can't go out and stop every terrorist and, and, and you know, change every single person's life. It would be impossible. But why don't we start with one? Just one. And if that works out well, go talk to another one and do it again. If that works out well, go talk to another one. Who knows, before you're done, you might be Billy Graham. We're going to need another one. But that's really what's vital is the kind of love that is unconditional, the kind of peace that passes understanding, the kind of forgiveness that accepts people for where they are but isn't satisfied with leaving them in their brokenness, but wants better for them. The only question is whether we will hear and he will know and we will follow. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to Come and See.